Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Life, love, and liberty. It's Monica Matthews. You don't know your worth. All the things I know that you deserve. Welcome back. Yes, I'm still suspended on Twitter, but you know what? Every day above ground is a good day. Amen. Amen. I trust you guys are having a good Monday. Someone just said to me, you're always so busy. I'm like, no, I'm not busy enough. What's the difference between busyness and productivity? I'm also watching The View right now, and Stacey Abrams is on our uh our fearless governor. That job, what work could I do? <laughs> and the two issues that were top of mind for me, one is fighting voter suppression, because, you know, Girl, it was kind of top of mind. Mm-hmm. But the second was the census, because the census undergirds <laughs> almost census. every political and civic decision <laughs> right. we make. Of course it, it allocates $1.5 trillion dollars every year, Dead based people. solely on the numbers to collected vote. this year. Right. The issue is that for the first time in recent memory, we have an administration that has tried to underfund the census. And because of that, we are going to have a difficult time counting the hardest to reach populations. <sighs> the hardest to reach populations. Can I tell you something? In densely urban populated areas around the country, you have a polling station, no less than probably, you know, it's almost like saying, this reminds me of the food desert argument. Listening to a- Stacey Abrams talk about voter suppression is the equivalency of someone telling me that we have in densely populated areas the ability to tag something <laughs> in the United States of America, of the Walmart universe of grocery shopping, a food desert. Do you know how grotesquely um, disingenuous that is? Like, it's just a downright, you've got to be kidding me, right? Have you seen most American citizens? I mean, no offense, but Miss Abrams and myself included, we clearly are not living in a food desert. I'm going to throw myself under the bus, too. I live within a mile of a Publix. Most American citizens in densely populated areas are inundated with choices about where to buy their oversupply of food. That's not a food desert. Now, talk about whether or not people have access. That's a different story. But how many people are still on food stamps? What a disingenuous conversation that we're having. What? Indeed. We are just up now on Facebook and Periscope, so you might want to reintroduce yourself. Okay. Just now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So we were just listening to Stacey Abrams. Welcome back, by the way. We're just listening to Stacey Abrams live on The View. And she's talking about voter suppression, things that are top of her list, you know, because she's still, you know, someone's governor in the state of Georgia. I don't know. Maybe all of those dead folks, disenfranchised illegals, I don't we the the uh, the marginalized ones, I don't know. Stacy apparently represents someone in the state of Georgia, if not herself. But she's talking about voter suppression. And I'm thinking to myself, voter suppression is kind of the equivalency of the argument around food deserts. 
whatever. <laughs> phone. They know how to yeah. find you. Whatever. Already. Right. <laughs> so answer the census so you can get your money and your political power. Because that's how we decide congressional leaders, how we decide school board members, how we decide every level of political power. Answer the census 2020 and get your money and be counted. Okay. Get your money, girl. That's right. Spoken like a true Democrat rallying for votes. Because in the state of Georgia, baby, they make it rain. You got $20 bills. You got buses that are going to go around and pick people up because, you know, God forbid you actually walk to your polling station or get on a public transportation bus. This whole conversation is the most disingenuous conversation we could possibly have in this country. There's no such thing as voter suppression. It's called voter laziness. It's called voter apathy. And because there's a huge population... There's a giant demographic of the Democrat persuasion that has been force fed on the boob, on the teat, whatever you want to call it, sucking from that breast for so many years. They don't want to go get their own liberty. That is not a racial statement. It is a fact. It is maddening to listen to this woman given a platform on the view, more like the spew is what it should be called. The spew. They represent such a sick minority of the country that would have you believe that they are the majority and they're not. Yes, I'm still silenced on Twitter. My account is still suspended. If you're going to follow me, you're going to have to follow me on Periscope, at my website, on YouTube and Facebook. Sorry, it's just the way it is. This, honestly... I don't know what the answer is. We, we've rallied around other platforms of, of a conservative persuasion. And I have to tell you, I don't really care who owns and operates the platform, the social media platform of choice that we all race to. I, I, I don't really care what your political persuasion is. If you can adhere to constitutional principles, which are freedom of speech, but you don't have to as a private entity. I understand that. But at some point, someone's going to have to get smart, Ted Cruz, on how we're going to address the censoring of freedom of speech on social media. You're going to have to get smart about that, whether it's um, it just left me. But I'm thinking in terms of what, what all is entailed in this. You've got censorship. You've got discrimination. I mean, there has to be a count. Like, you can't discriminate people coming into your place of business based on race, based on the color of their skin, based on sexuality. Uh, Hell, you can't even, if you're a Christian cake baker, God forbid, and you decide that, hey, you know what? These are kind of my my artistic talents. I don't really want to lend them to a a religious ceremony in the context of same-sex marriage. We've seen what happens with that. (laughs) So good luck. You're going to spend your entire life savings, be completely shut down because someone decided to be offended and not go to someone who would celebrate their day. It's the part of the it's part of the homogenization of the United States. And we don't see it happening in our own lives and especially Christians. I just had this conversation conversation on Facebook this morning with a precious sister in the Lord who completely disagrees with me on the airline seat situation, which we're going to get to in just a minute. 
completely disagrees. Well, the what about the golden rule? I'm like, well, what about the golden rule? Well, you know, I mean, you just, you should be kind and give and give gap and, you know, and if it offends your brother or sister to what, recline my seat? Like Paul was talking about, hey, by the way, brother or sister, like someone you know, by the way, if they're, if drinking, if eating meat, if, you know, whatever, it was really, it was around the area of food because remember what the practices were back then, everything revolved around cleanliness, right? Being food. And Jesus declared, all things have been made clean. Fun fact. I didn't write it. He said it. They wrote it. But I believe it. But here's the deal. Some people have an issue with still believing that meat is certain meat is unclean. So if you're my brother or sister and you're coming into my home and I know that offends you, why would I serve it if I love you? Right? Why, why would I place that contention between us? It's just unnecessary. That is exercising the golden rule. But you're talking about an aircraft where you have been given the leeway to exercise your little spatial right to recline your seat. Now, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. They're going to take it away from all of us. My producer is in favor of this because he's had one crappy experience with some rude passenger in front of him who flung his seat back with his tray table down. And yeah, sure, there are jerks everywhere. But I said something on Facebook today, and I want you to think about this. It just occurred to me. If God himself, the God of the God of love, because he is love, could not mandate love, what in the actual of all hells makes us think that we're going to be able to mandate love? And someone said to me, no, don't you mean he didn't mandate love because he gives us free will? I was like, have you read the Ten Commandments? <laughs> they weren't suggestions. They're not called the Ten Suggestions to Life. You know, God's chicken soup of the soul. Choose them if you want. No big deal. You won't be separated from me in this life or eternity at all. No problem. You don't have an enemy against your soul. You have no one out to get you. Just just roll with it. However you feel, my little creation, do as you please, right? I have no laws. The letter of the law kills. The spirit of the law brings life. This country was birthed by the spirit of the law, which says all men are created equal in the eyes of the creator. Took us a couple of hundred years to catch up with that concept. But we got there. Still getting there, but it has shifted. That whole precept has shifted. It's no longer about racial disparity, which there's only one race we could ever get that through our heads. It's no longer about cultural disparity. There's a war for your very individuality, your own uniqueness. That should concern you whenever it comes to Twitter. Facebook, schmuck, schmucks, whatever, suspensions, that should concern you because ultimately we are literally as individualists, not meaning separatists. Individualism does not equal separatism. It does not equal um, supremacism. 
It's not supremacy. I don't care what you say. I love all the isms. I love having fun with those, by the way. Supremism. <laughs> Got something in my contact. But it doesn't, it doesn't equal that. But that's not what a certain demographic of the country would tell you who's attempting to homogenize us. It's a scary proposition whenever your business model is propped up upon uh, things like social media. And mine is. I cannot reach you without having access to you. Do you realize that even whenever you come to my website, being a WordPress website, I do not own the content to my website. I own my domain name only in as much as it's kind of like your property. You know, we think we own things here, <laughs> but the system has set it up to where if you don't pay your taxes, just find out who really owns your house. <laughs> right. That mortgage that you died over to, you know, lost families over sleep, health, years of joy, all that stuff. Go look up mortgage, by the way, the root of the word mortgage. Think mortician. Think death. Think funeral. That's what we agree with whenever we assign a mortgage to our lives that we just slave over. It's the American dream. And true enough, property ownership, I get it, all of that. But we don't even own ourselves. While we're jockeying, killing ourselves, our families, over the American dream of home ownership, your individualism is being sucked from your marrow. That is a big deal. So someone, Ted Cruz, I don't know why I keep going back to him, needs to come up with a way to somehow make social media users the new special class so that when we are discriminated against, it's easy for us to take them to task in class action suits and personal suits who the heck wants to waste their time spending good money after bad money and being so litigious? But people don't understand anything but money in this day and age. You cannot shame people. It doesn't work. Shame used to be a powerful tactic for us in politics. Not anymore. Nobody's ashamed. I mean, God love him. There's a sheriff here in South Metro Atlanta who's been indicted twice. He's a sheriff. That was before he was a sheriff. <laughs> but he's a sheriff. So you just kind of go, huh, that's interesting. How does that happen? I think it happened while he was sheriff. Oh, well, there you go. Even yeah. better. Yeah, because try to depose, try to try to uh, dethrone a sheriff. Not depose. Try to dethrone a sheriff. Good luck with that. Yeah, it's damn near impossible. But, you know, hey, he's come to the rescue of this particular uh, family who found themselves in a pickle. I had the, the woman on my show yesterday, which was great, but... Shopping, minding their own business. They were instructed by a store manager to move grocery lanes. And this whole thing ensued. Caught me by my hoodie and just slammed me to the floor. <laughs> oh, poor baby. That's an 80-year-old mother, a grandmother rather, I'm 80 years old, on a scooter, motorized, in a grocery store. She's shopping with her daughter. You didn't get the whole story until the daughter called into my show on live radio yesterday to let us know what really went down. They haven't showed the whole video. People haven't seen the whole thing. Okay. My mother and I, uh, we only had about four or five things, and the manager asked us to come down to register one. He was going to open it up and check us out. 
And as we went down through that, I went through first, and my mother was on the uh, riding scooter, and it's kind of slow. And as she was coming up, he actually crossed and cut in front of my mother. That's how he oh. ended up being in between okay. me and her. Right. And I asked him, told him, I said, excuse me, sir, that's my mom. She's with me. Can she come around you so I can finish getting our stuff out? Right. Because the manager had started ringing up the stuff that I had first sit on the counter. Oh, mm-hmm. And uh, so he told the manager to void my stuff out and ring him up where he could get out the store. What? And he was using curse words when he did it. Yeah. The manager told him he could not do that because I was there first and he had started ringing me. Right. So he proceeded to ask again, and the manager told him no. So then when he got mad because the manager wouldn't do it, he turned around and showed his anger towards me. He was cursing me. You can't hear the video, right. but he was cursing me, getting all up in my face. And the manager told me, he said, ma'am, don't say anything. And I didn't. I kept my mouth still. Okay. My mother did not say anything. And... He got angry, and the closer he got to me, I put my arm up like, don't c- keep coming up on right. me. And he punched me with his fist. And that's when he uh, turned around and jumped my mother off the cart and slammed her to the floor. We would have never broken the line in front of anybody. We right. respect people's space. Yeah. And I don't understand why he was so belligerent like he was. But I want people to know my mother did not tried to cut in front of him. That's right. not what happened. Right. Well, what are the police telling you? Um, they, uh, Victor Hill uh, with the uh, elite task force has gotten involved. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> like, and here's what elite task force. Interesting. Victor Hill, local sheriff, has a new elite task force. What is that like? The enforcers. I love it. And this is what he had to say. I have to read that. Okay. Um, He says, I want to know who thinks they can manhandle a grandmother in Clayton County with incurring the wrath of the sheriff's office. I will personally give $2,500 out of my pocket. (laughs) I love it to anyone who helps us identify and arrest this dummy. Those are his words. Not mine. Yeah, that's Sheriff Victor Hill. That's interesting. He's putting up 2500 bucks of his own money. We've even forgiven this man for what he did, yeah. but he just needs to pay for what he did. Yeah, he should. Absolutely. She was a precious lady. I thought it was important. There were a couple of words that jumped out to me. I don't know what jumps out to you other than, you know, we just seem to, we tend to see stories like this and then we just go, yeah, people are crappy and that's just how it is. Um but she used a really important term, which I expounded upon yesterday, and I wanted to I wanted to focus on that yesterday during my show, which was this constant drip of anger. She used the term belligerent. She could have met him with equal belligerence, and, and many of us would have. The other thing that she told us was that the store manager was very smart in, in, in getting her to de-escalate. Even though she ended up being punched in the face, she, he, or he or she said to her, um, just don't respond like this was happening in real time because he could see the person getting aggressive, you know, verbally assaulting the lady, um, you know, threatening her again. You know, there's a there's a threat component to this that I think you have to take into consideration. That's where the criminal element comes in. You know, she clearly felt in fear of her life and, and she was. I mean, her grandmother, I mean, her mother could have died being thrown off that scooter. She's 80 years old. 
Now you've got a murder on your hands. So it's like, you know, you got to you got to you have to put things into context. This belligerence thing, though, in terms of everyone's so angry. And I I believe it's because we are subjected to so much violence, real world violence. Not I'm not talking about entertainment. That's something that you actually have, you know, a choice to watch. But I'm talking about this constant drip. If you're going to keep up with the news, then you're forced fed. You're forced fed what you're going to watch or hear or see. You have no choice in that. Well, you do. But even in, let's say, a trusted news source, what they choose to share with you is what you're going to be subjected to. So if it's a, it's a, if it's about death and murder and racism and bigotry and you know and hatred and fear and all these things that's what you are subjected to daily. And people get really bogged down you don't think you are. You don't think it's affecting you. You think you're stronger than that. You think you're bigger. But you're not. I'm just reading through some of my Facebook comments which I always find really funny whenever someone says, you know, you just don't speak for all of us. And I'm like, you're right, I don't. I speak for myself. That's why it's called the Monica Matthews Show. <laughs> Speaking of dummies. Jeez. Anyway, you're really going to try to come to my show and bully me? Give me a break. I don't whine about it. I just deal with my bullies. Usually I just delete you because it's just the most peaceful thing for both of us to do. <laughs> just go away. If you don't like me, go away. Although I know some of my colleagues love contentious listeners. And they love to stoke those fires. I'm like, you don't have to agree with me, but, you know, you don't have to be a jack leg either. So I love some of the other comments on Facebook. They're talking about, hey, if you're on our taxpayer dime, then, you know, um, you shouldn't be able to do this or you shouldn't have this. And I, and I will say, if you subject your individuality, if you, if you subject your ability to feed your family to the authority of taxpayers, that's on you. I mean, and, and sure, whoever's feeding you has the right to determine what that looks like. They have the right to determine your rights. Yeah, scary prospect. So, you know, food stamps and things of that ilk should be very temporary, but they're not. As we all know, people make a living on it because they have been coddled to do so. So, the airlines. I also covered this subject yesterday. And this has got, you know, you can go to my Facebook account and see it. People are all up in, you know, my own producer and I are at very different, in very different places about this. Because what I what I recognize is that there's this, can you recall a time that whenever we were actually, whenever they created the seats to lean back, can you imagine? I don't recall people having this moral dispute within themselves about whether or not it was okay to recline their seat. All of this has been stirred because there was an incident on American Airlines where a lady was uh, videoing the gentleman behind her who is up against the lavatories, as you know, in the very back of the fuselage of the plane, uh, up against the lavatory, there's no reclining. There's also no reclining, mind you, in um, exit row seating. Right. (laughs) That's the sound of a peaceful airplane ride. Right. But that's not what she got. It was just like He's literally pushing her seat, punching her seat, not just pushing it, punching the back of her seat. And she actually finally spoke out about this to let us know why she decided to film because some people faulted her for like stoking the fire, A, because she had her seat reclined, B, because she was filming the guy. And this is what she had to say. 
Now, Delta CEO has added more fuel on this already heated issue. Well, I think this the, is the what proper Delta thing CEO to do is say. if you're going you're gonna to recline into somebody that you ask if it's okay first, and then you uh, do it. Filmmaker Judd Apatow tweeting his reaction. I'm with him. You want to create a situation where we all have to negotiate right. and fight with each other? At Are you mad? We pay to recline. I started Thank taking you. the video because he was punching my seat. The woman who shot the video, American Airlines passenger Wendy Williams, telling TMZ Live she started recording to try to stop the incident. I thought the video in him would stop him. NBC News does not know <laughs> what transpired before Wrong. or after the video was shot. We've reached out to both Williams and the male passenger for comment and have not heard back. American Airlines saying in a statement, we are aware of a customer dispute that transpired. The safety and comfort of our customers and team members is our blah, top blah, priority. Blah, and blah, our blah. So we gave him a rum and coke and called it a day. <laughs> there you go. Just give him alcohol. That's been widely reported that the flight attendant chose to deal with this by giving the dude who's punching the seat uh, a rum and coke. I have no idea whether or not that's true. Go find it out for yourself. But that was from NBC News. Um, so, so the passenger's name is Wendy Williams. Okay, that's funny because I gave credit to the talk show host, Wendy Williams, <laughs> yesterday on my live show, but that wasn't her. So, Wendy Williams, you heard her. She's like, hey, I just thought it might actually shame the guy. It might put some fear into him that his face is going to be on camera and I'll be able to deal with him once I get off of this aircraft. But that doesn't work with people. We live in a selfie generation. Do you really? It's just like listening to the mayor of the city of Atlanta or people who were running for mayor at the time. We're going we're gonna to deploy more cameras. We're going to stall cameras, cameras, cameras. That was their answer to crime, to a crime uptick. Cameras, cameras, cameras. And every time I'd have one of these women on, I'm thinking to myself, I'm sorry, are you completely out of touch with this generation? Because we have these things called cell phones that everyone is grossly in love with their own image. And they take selfies every opportunity they get. You have gangbangers with YouTube channels. I'm talking Crips and Blood, like legit murder you in your car, rape your daughters, sell drugs on your streets, fraud, steal your credit cards, come into your house in the middle of the night and rape your whole family, gangbangers with YouTube videos, with YouTube channels. There is a blatancy in this day and age that we... I don't know what the thing, I don't know if it's a white people thing. I don't know if it's a Jesus thing. It's a kumbaya thing where we just, we live in denial about what our society is really like because it's so crappy that if we actually accepted it, we'd probably just fold up into a fetal ball. Seriously. It is that bad. Yes, it is that bad. And when I talk like this and I get passionate, people are like, oh, you're just so, oh, you're so dramatic. The sky is falling. Chicken little. I'm like, no, the sky really is falling about important things. You guys get hung up on the little stuff sometimes. We all do. But your individualism is something you should be guarding with your life. Other people did. Other people died for you to be an individual. There are people who will die today for you to maintain the right and the liberty of being an individual. That is an unalienable right. But we are mandating ourselves to death. And we believe in the letter of law. And I saw this coming. I said this years ago on my show. When the spirit of the law doesn't work, 
because we refuse to yield to the spirit of the law, which is look around you on your aircraft. If you see the person behind you, you know, has long legs, whatever, and you don't, and you make a decision, an individual decision, even though you have the right to recline your seat, you've paid for that space. The person behind you paid for theirs. The person behind them paid for theirs. The person up against the lavatory was dumb enough to choose that seat and paid for his. Just own it, dude. You made a crappy seat choice. Why is that my fault? Why is that Wendy Williams' fault? We all make crappy seat choices. Sometimes you just get on board at the last minute. Sometimes you're the last person to buy your ticket. And you get stuck with whatever you're stuck with because everything else is taken. Sometimes airlines just screw you out of a better choice. Because they're reserving those seats for people they know will pay more in the end. Hello? (laughs) But people have died for your right to be an individual. Spirit of the law, you get on, you look around, and you go, "Hmm, okay, maybe. You know, maybe I don't need to recline as far. Or maybe I will because I noticed the gentleman behind me has longer legs or the lady behind me. Or maybe they're slightly overweight and you realize it's, it's already cramped. And you do turn to the person behind you and say, hey, do you mind if I recline a little? I've had a long day. My back hurts. I can't really have a medical condition, whatever. You know, that's the spirit of the law. That's the spirit of the law. But because we don't exercise the spirit of the law, we're now running back to the letter of the law. So we go back to the police. We go back to Congress. We go back to our state legislatures. And we say, I need you to be my voice because I need all of us to be the same because I'm not okay with someone else's choice. Do you see that what a self-looking ice cream cone that is? But not everyone, here's the deal, folks, not everyone's going to choose to live by the spirit of the law. So if you who are free get caught up again in someone else's bondage, where's your freedom? I'm asking you, where's your freedom? And we're all so caustic. We're all so on edge. And we can um ourselves to death. We can, you know, stretch into noodles over our heads, ears, you know, legs behind our ears, all that stuff. I get it. Every little bit helps. But I'm telling you right now, unless you pray on a day on the daily for an impartation of the Holy Spirit of peace and love and righteousness and joy, you do not stand a snowball's chance in hell against what this world is churning with right now. You just don't. It's going to affect you. And even those of you who would shame me about my take on this whole pansy airline seat thing, who are, who Jesus juke me over it. I love it. Y'all don't know what a Jesus juke is. Go look it up. You know, it's the person where you're just trying to make like an everyday life point. And they're like, well, Jesus did. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Holy One. I know. I get it. I get the spirit of the law. It's okay. But this wasn't the time to insert that. (laughs) It's like, I love the meme, Mr. P. There's a meme with like this Abercrombie and Fitch looking Jesus like he's got the long flowing hair because, you know, most of white America thinks Jesus was some hottie, but he wasn't. Like, yeah, this perfectly groomed beard, beautiful, long flowing brown hair. And he's in a football outfit. A football uniform, and he's holding a football, and he's like to the side where he's like about to spike the ball, and it's like, thank you for the Jesus juke. <laughs> so like, you just insert that into a conversation, 
And it's just like, who are you? Stop it. You're the weird Christian. <laughs> You're the reason why it's hard for us to evangelize sometimes. <laughs> so, I mean, people, it's like, ah, some of you would have actually helped the, the, the you would have helped the Lord's enemies crucify him. You just would have. Because, well, the law says you're not supposed to hang out with these unclean people. You're just damned and determined to live by the letter of the law, and it kills. Oh, it's just something that's really been heavy on my heart lately. So, there's the daughter of the scooter, passengers reclining. But this lady today said to me, you know, the spirit of the law. Jesus tells us it's the golden rule. I'm like, if you're expecting... The world to live by the golden rule, first of all, you need to manage your expectations because that's just off base. But if you're going to tell me that try to guilt me into somehow not being okay with the fact that I've I have a right to something and that maybe I do have a back problem. Maybe I do have an issue sitting on a flight completely erect for boy, that was a loaded one uh, for the next four or five hours. <laughs> Oh, my mind. <laughs> Mr. Peace, like, God, here we go. Come, Holy Spirit, <laughs> take over my broadcast. I, uh, you know, I got jokes. What can I say? But it's like, you know, y'all know what I'm saying. I know you do. I, uh, but I couldn't resist this morning. I'm like, you are not going to Jesus juke me over this. You're just not. It's re- grow up. It is an airline seat. Get over yourselves. There's literally like space. If you take someone to court, I almost wish someone would go to court over this so we could see how the court ruled, right? Just see how the court rules about your space. And all socialism is about is you melding into everyone else's space. It's homogenization. It's equality. It's sameness. Well, if you can't recline, well, you can recline too. If you don't want me in your lap, then recline. That'll give you more space. This one woman completely embellished. I had this guy in my lap the whole way. You know, I'm like, no, no one's in your lap. There's a certain, how you would know. What's the configuration? 12, what is it? Not, it's not even a foot. Oh, I don't know. There's it's a lousy of, like four inches, it's, people. It's a number of degrees. Yeah. It's somewhere between um, doing someone's hair and doing dental surgery on them. That's crap. <laughs> Whatever. See, that's so biased. That is not even true. I have never had a dental procedure like like this. Oh, is that that has never happened. Is I've, that distal number 13 bothering you? <laughs> right. My hairdresser can't wash my hair like this. Like I'm down in a bowl, right? And so we just have this tendency to exaggerate and shame. And everybody's going to go tell. And then you tell on somebody, you know, and the flight attendant's like, well, I don't want to get fired. I don't want to become a viral video. And I don't want to lose, you know, my my my, my retiree benefits. Um, so I'm just going to give the guy a rum coke. I mean, because clearly this poor guy, he's up against the lavatory. Everybody feels sorry for the guy, the grown-ass man who made the decision to buy that ticket up against the lavatory. Grown man intimidating a woman. Can we stop there, all of you social justice warriors? Pink hat, pea hat wearing pansies who want all this equality? Women. Poor women 
Hashtag me too. We could start a hashtag airline me too see. I mean, really? I mean, this is what it's come to. You guys want equality for everything. And it's like, this woman is literally being badgered on an aircraft. Did anyone step in? No. She had to take it into her own hands and try to shame the guy by video. I hope she files suit against him. She was threatened on that aircraft. She was threatened. He touched her seat in an aggressive manner. He was aggressive toward her. She's 42,000 feet, 37, whatever, thousands of feet, tens of thousands of feet in the air with no help. That should be a problem. He is not the victim. Get it straight. Okay, I have to sign off now because I'm tired. <laughs> I love you guys. I'll be back tomorrow. I don't even know what's going to happen with Twitter, but Cat Turd, Cat Turd on Twitter and others, <laughs> uh, Charlie Bebus, at Charlie Bebus, they've been retweeting my work. So thank you. If you can capture my work and just continue to retweet it, my broadcast, my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Until then, we got to figure out another way, Ted Cruz, to deal with social media Nazis. See, now that I've said that, I'll be flagged on Facebook. <laughs> I love you. Sign up for my newsletters at my website, monicamatthews.com. iTunes, Stitcher, subscriptions. Love it, love it, love it. Be good to your neighbor, beginning with yourself. Remember, if you're an American, act like one. <laughs>